Hi, I'm Luminous Star. Welcome to my channel, Luminous Star. All of you who are current subscribers, wait for it. <laughs> Thank you so much for your subscription. Thank you for motivating me and inspiring me to keep this channel active. If you are currently sharing your stories, congrats. And I am very proud of you for doing that because not only do you motivate and inspire me with your stories, but you also motivate and inspire the world. You never know who's going to resonate with your stories. So still continue to thrive and also along the way, share your stories. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome to Luminous Star. And why don't you join the Star family by hitting that subscription button below. We welcome you to the Star family. Today's video is the Star Series number five. This is where I answer your emails. And of course, my stars especially keep those emails coming. And if you never sent me an email, please check the description box below for my email address Please share and like the video. First question is from A7. I have a question. I used the silent treatment on my BPD slash NPD family member when they have abused me and stepped over my boundaries. I don't want to deal with them going into a narc rage when I verbalize that they stepped over my boundaries because when I'm faced with that rage, it triggers my complex PTSD. They are going through a difficult time right now on the verge of going homeless and everyone else has cut them off. Is this abusive on my part? And what can I do to not have them go into a knock rage and still be supportive? This family member is not in treatment, nor has the, have they ever been. Again, A7, thank you for the question. And here is my response. Take care of yourself by practicing self-preservation. Narcissists and or those with a cluster personality project their issues onto others without remorse or recourse. Personal boundaries are not practiced, honored, nor respected. Silent treatment can be misread as agreement to those who have a cluster personality or a narcissistic personality. Next point. Having compassion for others does not mean that you necessarily sacrifice yourself in the process. If you do not take into consideration where you are in your healing and thriving forward, you cannot support anyone else. Taking care of self is taking care of those you love and care about. Invest in support base. Invest in a support base. Pardon me. Last point. Rescuing and or attempting to save others is codependent behavior which does not help resolve any pressing relationship issues, financial and or otherwise. Narcissists and or cluster personalities exploit those who are naturally good at nourishing others. Emotional stress can be a sign of enmeshment with the relationship or the family. Pause. A summary to your answer, A7, <laughs> is this. First of all, the cluster B personality, and the narcissist. When we express compassion, the, they go into exploiting that we have the capacity to express compassion. So when we express, they exploit. When we express, they exploit. 
So try to keep that in mind. <laughs> okay. A lot of us who behave codependently, this is a toughie for us. That is when we go into doing what's natural. That is caring for others, nurturing others, having the capacity to feel empathy, sympathy, and compassion for others. These things come naturally to us. But again, when we express the narcissist and cussing personality, they exploit. So try to keep that in mind. <laughs> All right. So one of the things that you have to do, A7, is to go ahead and take care of yourself. Self-preservation is key. What does that mean? Do we self-sacrifice? Absolutely not. Self-preservation is not selfishness, not in a negative way. So when you when you practice self-preservation, believe it or not, when you take care of yourself, you are helping to, to take care of others that you love and care about. So invest in a support base to help you to stay focused on thriving forward as you practice self-preservation, as you continue to thrive forward and to express that you care about those that may be in a tight bind right now. This might be affecting you as well, but this doesn't mean that you sacrifice yourself. So when we love and care for ourselves and practice self-preservation, sometimes, A7, this is the best that we can do. So when you have compassion and you express that to the cluster personality and narcissist, don't forget, they exploit. So when you express, they exploit. So the best way to help yourself is do just that. Help yourself. Practice self-preservation. Because think about it. Whatever bind that the cluster personality and or narcissist may be in, nine times out of ten chances, they had a big hand in it. And it doesn't have anything to do with you. Okay, so don't forget, when we express, they exploit. <laughs> All right. Thank you again, A7, for the question. Next question is from Renee. What if you become a narcissist and give them the same treatment? I notice from my own experience that it drives them crazy and I get a good laugh out of it. I learned to be one step ahead of my narc mom and it drove her crazy. Renee, thank you for the question. And here is my response. Everyone has narcissistic tendencies. This does not make one become a narcissist. Second point. By choosing to play any games with the narcissist or the cluster personality is, a, is dangerous emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically. This is a sign of enmeshment with the relationship or the family. A cat and mouse game which involves those who may be trauma bonded is a losing game no matter how amusing it may be due to it keeping all participants bound and stagnant from thriving forward. Last point, do a relationship inventory and seek to answer the critical question. What is the purpose of this relationship? This is the first step to breaking the low energy cycle from narcissists and those who may have a cluster personality. Okay, Renee, this is my summary to the response to your question. When we choose to play games, with the narcissist and the cousin personality, 
Yes, spiritually, emotionally, and psychologically, it is very dangerous because the games are usually designed that we will lose. We don't lose because we're not smart. We don't lose because we're weak. No, because the game is designed by the narcissist and because of your personality. So they are, of course, they're going to make sure that they win. So when we decide that we're going to participate and play the game with him or her, we've already lost. It's a dangerous thing to engage in a game with the cluster personality and narcissist. So when we go into the tit for tat, the cat and mouse, the one upmanship with the cluster personality and narcissist, again, it is very dangerous emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically. And sometimes that can cause trauma. It might be all fun and games while we're engaged in it. And we think that we're getting somewhere and we see amusement in it. Okay. It might be fun at the time, but it will be short lived. So do a relationship inventory and answer the question. What is the purpose of the relationship that you're having with them right now? Whoever the cluster personality or narcissist is. What is the purpose of it? So Renee, ask yourself the question, what is the purpose of the relationship with him or her? Because more than likely, the game that they have designed is going to make sure that they win and not you. So instead of being stagnant by playing this game with him or her, continue to thrive forward. Do what you need to do to make sure that you're healing and you're, again, thriving forward. So why don't you win at the game of life instead? Because this is not winning at the game of life. Being stagnant and having a unhealthy relationship, playing a cat and mouse game with the cluster personality or narcissist. How is that winning? It's not. And it's a victory that is very short-lived. Again, Renee, thank you for the question. Next question. Next question is from C.G. When my narc would leave me alone, longest has been five months, she could not take it, sent a very threatening letter. Knowing what I know now, she is very disturbed and getting worse with age. I think this is what she meant to say, age. So when they are quiet, it's scary to wonder what can happen. Trying to put me back again. Sign trying to put me back again. Okay. CG, thank you for the question, and here is my response. It can be very spiritually, psychologically, and emotionally challenging the first couple of years after choosing to go no contact. Narcissists and those with a cluster personality use many tactics for source supply in order to keep their false self-image relevant. By losing source supply, he or she may increase these tactics in order to regain source supply and to regain a strong sense of control. Second point, when a narcissist and a closer personality attempts to regain a sense of control and source supply from you periodically, it is a sign of narcissistic rage and possibly their denial that the physical aspect of the dysfunctional relationship has ended. Hovering over your life and then attempting to hoover you back in is a double tactic. That is often used after one goes no contact. Third point, 
as long as you are emotionally stressed over what he or she may do next, you will not be effectively thriving forward or healing. You are, in fact, just coping. Critical question. What is the purpose of the relationship? This is the first step to breaking the low energy cycle from narcissists and those who may have a cluster personality. Pause. Okay, so here is my summary of the response. Again, CG, thank you for the question. So basically, when we are sitting around biting our nails and we're on edge because we're wondering what the cluster personality is going to do next, well, how are you actually healing? Yeah, you may be coping or just getting by, but are you really thriving and healing? No. You're too busy being afraid. The cluster personality and the narcissist absolutely feeds off of this. They don't want to even think, yet alone know, that you have moved forward. The relationship is ended. You've gone no contact. You're moving forward. You're thriving forward. The narcissist and cluster personality doesn't even like to think about that, yet alone get evidence that you are actually doing so. But this is not your issue. Your issue is that you're scared, you're afraid. Now, I'm not scolding. I'm just saying that if you are afraid because you're looking over your shoulders, wondering that what the narcissist and the cluster personality are going to do next, well, again, how can you really be enjoying your life? And this also feeds the cluster personality and narcissism. So when you first go no contact, yes, it is a very big adjustment to make. So psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually, it may be quite challenging. This is normal. This is natural. It's, it doesn't feel too good, but just want you to know you're not alone in that. You have been in an unhealthy relationship with a cluster personality or narcissist. This in and of itself can be quite traumatic. So as you begin to put your life together and to thrive forward, yes, it's going to be challenging. The last thing you need is to be looking over your shoulders, wondering what he or she is going to do next. So when the cluster personality and or the narcissist, they wait, like say maybe a few weeks, they wait a few months to send you a letter, to reach out to you on social media, whatever it may be. To just let you know, hey, I'm still here. You haven't gotten rid of me yet. See, when they do that, it is a mind game. And this is so you can be afraid what they're going to do next. That's the idea. Because as long as you're afraid, you're not going to thrive forward, my dear. So you have to find out what it's going to take in order for you to constructively heal and thrive forward. Build a support base. That's one of my challenges to you. I want to challenge you to get a support base. You're going to need it. Because the cluster personality and narcissist does not ever want you to be unafraid of him or her. They need you to be afraid of them. So that way you will not heal. You will not thrive forward. And you will not live your life to the fullest. So, as long as you're emotionally stressed, yeah, because you're afraid, then you're not going to be able to thrive forward. And you're not going to be focused on your own healing. So, again, CG, 
please, <laughs> if you take nothing else away, go ahead and find out what you need to thrive forward. All right? Okay. Next question. All right. Next question is coming from QB Martin, who goes on to say, question, been knowing my narcissist nine years. Within that time, we have never had sexual relations. I sleep over, we hug, kiss, but nothing more. He has had sexual relationships. The women he has had, the women he has been with, well, I wonder to myself, why them? I cannot understand this. We are good friends. Well, I'm a good friend. <laughs> he goes no contact sometimes, but I suspect he is having a sexual relationship when that happens. He only shows me his good side, but says he has a bad side. He said he wouldn't make a good person to date. The thing is, he has never treated me badly, but I'm getting to the point in which I will keep him a friend, but with a long-handed spoon. Can you help me understand why my narcissistic friend keeps me in a friend zone? Okay, QB, thank you for the question, and here is my response. First point, by making intentions clear, it will more than likely help one to remain focused on his or her own values, whereas it pertains to relationships. Demonstrating what your values are to others will occur naturally once you have made your intentions clear to yourself. Effectively communicating to your partner what your values and desires are will more than likely be a game changer. Second point. Very often when people have relationships, insecurities, fears, unhealthy relationship patterns, and unresolved painful issues can pop up, which has nothing to do with others. People can influence one another, but really cannot control one another. Third point, focus on thriving forward as you work your support base in order to have an additional outlet for your emotional needs. Romantic partners are to demonstrate whether or not they are trustworthy enough to support you in your efforts to heal and thrive forward. Romantic partners cannot be everything to everyone constantly. What is desired and valued in romantic partners are traits that we are to possess ourselves. Critical questions. What was the purpose of this relationship? What is your personal definition of relationships and love? What is a narcissist? Again, QB Martin, thank you for the question. So to summarize my response to you, make sure that we have our own support base, meaning that we're not looking for our partners to fulfill our every emotional need, desire, and so on and so forth. Especially if we have unresolved painful issues, guess what? We are responsible, not our partners, for resolving that. Sometimes when we have relationships, certain things do pop up. We thought we had licked it, right? <laughs> we thought we had taken care of it, but it pops up in this romantic relationship. This often happens in every relationship that we have, not just the romantic ones. So that means painful issues that we haven't resolved yet, again, will pop up. 
They're the vessel that's used to remind us that there's certain things within ourselves that needs addressed. And guess what? Our partners are not responsible for addressing it. We are. So sometimes those insecurities, the fears, again, unhealthy relationship patterns that we have, it, it will pop up. And this does not exclude our childhood unresolved painful issues. It's going to come up. <laughs> so our partners will mirror certain things to us or will show us certain things. It doesn't mean they're responsible for resolving it. Okay, so try to focus on your own support base and work your support base and make sure you have a constructive outlet for your needs and not just looking to your partner to be everything to you all the time. Translation, looking for your partner to fix certain things that maybe, yeah, (laughs) you have to fix for yourself. So again, QB Martin, thank you for the question, and I certainly hope this has been very helpful to you. Next question. Next question and final question from Thomas. Can you share on narcissists and drug abuse? I've been clean for seven years, and I was trying hard to help her get clean, but it was not happening. Now I can see why. Her narcissism and unwillingness to do so, pardon me, her narcissism and unwillingness to do anything about it. Well, Thomas, thank you for the question and your concerns and congrats on being clean for seven years. Here is my response. All right. Point number one, demonstrating your efforts to continue to thrive forward and heal will be more powerful than you may know to others who may have a similar vision for themselves. No one can rescue or save anyone else. However, people do and can support one another in their efforts to resolve unresolved painful issues. Balanced relationships consist of people who grow together as they face challenges and work to resolve them with a win-win in mind. People do not always grow at the same pace. Second point, very often when people have relationships, insecurities, fears, and unresolved painful issues can pop up, which has nothing to do with others. People can influence one another, but they really cannot control one another. Third point, there are situations in life where it's best to seek the silver lining in a painful circumstance while finding the good and saying goodbye. It is never easy to let go of those we love and wish them to become whole again. Critical questions to consider. What is the purpose of this relationship? What is your personal definition of relationships and love? What is a narcissist? So again, Thomas, thank you for the question and your concerns. Congrats on your sobriety. So here's my summary of the response. A lot of times when we see people in pain, we want to rescue them and we want to help. There's a problem with that. Usually when we want to rescue and save people, it's a codependent behavior. Understandably so. We want to see people that we love and care about whole. (laughs) Okay? However, when people are growing at a pace that is not the same as ours, It can become very frustrating. 
Again, we want to save them. We want to quicken the process of their healing and growing and becoming whole again. We can't do that because we can't control others. People grow at different paces. So that means when we say we love and care, we have to let go. We have to trust the process of our own growth as well as theirs. Sometimes we grow in different directions. Separation is an illusion. So we can love and care for the other person, and we may want to see them whole again, but we have to understand that they're going to do this at their own pace and trust the process that they will find their way. And if it's met, then you too will grow together. (laughs) You will continue to grow together. So sometimes we just have to let go and we have to trust the process. Finding the good in the goodbye sometimes is key. That is another way that we express loving and caring for the person. And here to me is the highlightable part. That is when we love and care for people, sometimes simply just demonstrating our growth is more than enough to inspire other people to do the same. And having said all that, I want to thank everybody for watching. And again, thank everyone who has sent me their email questions. I'm Luminous Star. Stay tuned for more videos. Okay, as you all can see, I had to burn the candles on this particular video because today I'm going to be reading from our Luminous Star storybook, okay? Because I'm going to be doing a new playlist now, so introducing the new playlist, which is going to consist of your stories. Some of you stars are giving me permission to share your stories on this channel. Thank you so much. Actually, I want to give a shout out to all of my stars. Special shout out. Thank you for sharing your stories. You never know who's gonna resonate with your stories. Having said all that, we're gonna get into our Luminous Star storybook. I certainly hope you all are doing well, and I wanna go ahead and thank everyone in advance for his or her time. If this is your first time joining Luminous Star, welcome to the channel. Please click that notification bell should you become a part of our star family. And of course, we all welcome you. All right, certainly hope you guys and gals are liking the candles. I thought I would light a white candle. So I really wanna focus on the white candle in this video because when you light a white candle, what that does is it signifies new beginnings. Well, you know, some of us who are having those dysfunctional relationships with narcissists and cluster personality types, yeah. (laughs) Some of us right now are thinking we can use a brand new fresh start a new beginning, so I really want you all to focus on the white candle, which again signifies new beginnings. Now the white candle also signifies spiritual growth. So again, you know, if you're at home right now, enjoying yourself, relaxing, good for you, but if you have a white candle, go ahead and light it up today or tonight and focus on new beginnings and spiritual growth. 
Now, before I get started with your stories, I want to go ahead and mention the green candle. Now, the green candle, when you light up a green candle, this signifies abundance, prosperity. So if you're at home and you're relaxing, you know, go ahead and light up a green candle if you have one around the house and focus on prosperity and abundance. All right. We're going to read from our Luminous Star Storybook. And again, check these out in the playlist. I just want to go ahead and remind everyone, this is one of our new playlists. I have several playlists for you to choose from, but this is our latest playlist. All right, so now let's get into our Luminous Star Storybook. I hope you guys are liking our storybook. It has the heart on it. Okay, now for our storybook, I picked, I picked a red book. All right, now I would have chosen a green one but I didn't have one on hand. So in the future, I may get us a green book. But right now we're gonna go with the red one with the little key and the heart on it. And um, let's get started. <laughs> and having said all that, let's go ahead and get started with the Luminous Star Stories. Enjoy. Okay, now our first story is from one of our star family members named AJ. AJ goes on to say, I came across your channel as I recently just went through a breakup. Well, sort of, with someone for a total of seven years. We had several ups and downs. We were even co-defendants, okay? Uh, and they go on to say that they held everything down while he was gone. And so AJ goes on to say, uh, I paid child support on children that were not mine. I did this because I thought this person really loved me as I loved them. I was so integrated into his family as well as the family of the mothers and of his children. The first five years were awesome. We were inseparable. Then he wakes up one day, January 17, 2017 to be exact, and says he doesn't want to be with me and that he never loved me. Ouch. He has since went back with the woman that he left me for after asking me to take him back which I did in June of 2017. We were still hooking up on and off all the way up until July 2018. And then he asked me to be with him again, but still ended up leaving me for the same woman. Just to tell me his life is so much better with her. Wow. But still texts me that he loves me and doesn't wish to be with anyone else. Wow. On Friday, September 7, 2018, he calls me and tells me he doesn't love me again and he is living better. And then texts me again on September the 10th to ask me to come to his job, but I did not go. <laughs> I know you are probably reading this and thinking, girl, you are crazy, laughing out loud. Even though all the ups and downs, I still love him, even though I know he does not love me or care about me. My heart was actually there. We have not spoken since the day he texted me to come to his job to see him. And every day of not contacting him is killing me. But I'm sure it is for the best. I know it is for the best. Yeah. I would hope that he will come back and make things right. But at the same time, I do not want the baggage. But I miss the relationship with him and the kids, but I do not want him back. But curious to see if he will reach back out. I wish I had the front row seat to the karma show. I do, however, and want to haunt his thoughts and his dreams forever. I'm laughing, but so serious. Mm. Wow, this is pretty good. 
Oh well, this is juicy. I feel hurt and betrayed because from day one, I asked if he was only looking to have sex, then say that. Do not finesse me into an entire relationship. I was a good, solid woman, and now I am treated like I never have even existed. I'm slowly getting better and feel stupid for staying and having given him a chance. My goal is hopefully to get him back. My goal is to hopefully get him back, to get in touch, just to talk. I really am tired of crying. Wow. Okay, AJ, Star, thank you so much again for sharing this story with us. This is something that often happens with narcissists and cluster personality when they want the supply, when they may be thinking about hoovering you back in. Sounds like he's already hoovered you back in, only to let you down again. For that, I am truly sorry. One of the first things to look for when the narcissist and cluster personality is looking to hoover you back in is to look for the change in their behavior. Sometimes it's quite subtle, sometimes not. One of the things that you can look for is if other people that you both know are starting to ask you questions about what happened, why you two have fallen out. You may be quite surprised by this particular question because according to you, things are great between you two. One of the things a narcissist and cluster personality does is that they start to smear campaign. Again, this also is how they set you up to hoover you back in before they actually have hoovered you back in. So when flying monkeys and enablers start to question you about what is going on with you two, that's one of the signs that you can look for that the narcissist is looking to hoover you back in and possibly to devalue you, discard you, only to recycle you or hoover you back in and start the process or the vicious cycle all over again. Who needs that? So AJ, no, you're not crazy. <laughs> the narcissist and cluster personality that you were involved with, they did a lot of crazy making. So this is something that just makes a person feel like they're going crazy. So the narcissist and cluster personality, they like to do what is called crazy making. This often makes us feel crazy, right? Because we're trying to figure out what's going on. So one of the ways that you can tell that something is quite not right is when the narcissist and cluster personality begins to smear a campaign and they start talking to everybody else, particularly the flying monkeys that they have recruited and their enablers, because those are the ones that's going to come up to you and start asking you what has happened between you two when you're thinking, well, I thought we were fine. This is often when the narcissist and cluster personality is setting you up for the devaluation and the discard only to hoover you back in. May I suggest checking out the video that I did about preparing yourself for the hoover. AJ, congratulations. Seems like you're thriving forward. If you wanna contact me for further discussion, please email me. I would love to hear from you. Okay, now let's get into the next juicy story. Story number two. <laughs> All right, this one is from Miss Mayan. Hi, Luminous Star. I've recently watched your latest video on how narcissists enter our minds and alter our consciousness. I can very much relate to this. I am currently experiencing this right now. I grew up with narcissists, had toxic relationships, and a psychopathic ex-boyfriend, his family plus other girlfriends, who have abused me badly for almost 10 years. Wow. He is not only, he is out of my life physically. However, it seems like he has taken over my psyche 
for even for uh, the past two and a half years. <laughs> the last time I let him into my life was around 2016, but have no contact ever since. Everywhere I go, I seem to experience gain stalking and reality altering. It's gotten so bad that I cannot seem to find employment. Lost friends and family do not speak to me. Mm. I am surrounded by these parasites. It feels like a major enmeshment from all of the other cluster personalities in my life, from my past, including my siblings and narcissistic partners. All of them are volatile. I am literally being spiritually stalked. I am not sure how to stop this. I now see how my entire existence has been around these narcissists and psychopaths. I never left my hometown. It seems like these people have done some sort of collective witchcraft and sent toxic energy my way. Wow. There are too many bad things that have happened to me since I've been here. In 2016, I almost lost my life because I was under some sort of spiritual warfare or stalking or attack. Hmm. Everything in my life has been destroyed since then. I am not sure what to do, but I am beginning to turn to God, fast and praying. I am still stuck living with toxic family and cannot leave due to financial ruin. Any suggestions on what to do to speed up recovery? Thank you. Okay. All right, Miss Mayan. Seems like your situation is that you feel trapped. You don't think you can get out. This is one of the things that narcissists and cluster personalities absolutely count on you thinking. They want you to feel as if there's no hope. So you may be in a state of despondency right now, depression, as well as anxiety. It sounds like it from your story. So for that, my heart goes out to you. Find ways that you can start to save your money. But not only that, start researching on how to become financially literate, therefore becoming financially independent. Okay, Miss Mayan, you have the world in your hands. If you have a computer, if you have an iPad, if you have a cell phone, whereas you can have internet access, the bottom line is you have the world right in your hands. You have the world at your fingertips. Use it. This is going to help you to find resources to help you to thrive forward. By doing so, this will help you to find resources that's going to help change your circumstances. You will be amazed what a library can do for you, the YMCA. There's full of resources in your community. You just have to use that world that's right in the palm of your hands or at your fingertips. Also, if you have some positive relationships, I understand you may feel ashamed. You may feel some guilt. You may feel, like I was mentioning, anxiety. Be willing to reach out, take small steps to reach out to other people that have proven to be trustworthy to you and let them know that you're looking for some sort of resources to help change your situation. And you never know, Miss Mayan, someone who's listening today, who's watching today, they may offer you some sort of advice in the comment section. All right, so again, thank you so much for sharing your story and I wish you the very best on this particular situation. Miss Mayan, if you wanna contact me by email to discuss this further, I will be more than happy to speak with you. All right, let's get back into our Luminous Star storybook and get on with the third and final story. These are wonderful. Thank you so much, Stars, for sharing. 
Okay, this one. Oh, let's see if I have the right channel. Oh, here we go. This one is from Dove. All right, Dove says, hello there. You have some of the best videos on narcissism on YouTube. I am struggling with a decision and was wondering if you had any suggestions. Okay, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> In 2015 through 2017, I was going through a type of energy transformation and decided to rid myself of some toxic relationships. Unfortunately, I took on three narcissists at one time. Yikes. One of them, one of them being my mother and was very shocked at how far the other two went to ruin my life. Going no contact is no joke. Currently, my mother behaves as if nothing has happened and I live far away and she misses me terribly and she never brings up anything about why things are the way they are. And her sweet side is only side showing. However, however, I have some health problems that I believe are emotional and spiritually related. And I feel I need to say something to her so I can heal my body and soul. I am thinking of writing a short letter to her stating respect of boundaries and what I am willing to accept in my life. So I struggle with the fear of the consequences of that or how things may turn out. Or I'm thinking about just not having a relationship with her at all, if not just ignoring her. Hmm, wow. Okay, so I struggle with the fear of the consequences of that. And I also uh, fear what may happen. You know, should I just leave things the way they are? Eventually just ignore her or not have a relationship with her at all? If I stay quiet, my body loudly says something to her that could make the sleeping dragon awaken. Any advice or thoughts on this? All right. Okay, Dove, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. Now, this is something that a lot of us have also faced, being in a relationship with narcissists and those who have a cluster personality type. So when you start feeling like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, one of the best things to do is to try to balance what you think with what you feel. In other words, critically think about what's going on in the relationship and then compare it to how you feel. Now, you may be wondering, what does that do? First of all, what it will do is help you to stay focused on thriving forward. You will also be able to pull from your other positive relationships. If you have other relationships with other people, I'm quite certain you can pick out at least two or three that are fairly positive. Pull from those positive relationships, okay? These are your, this is part of your support base. If you have a counselor, great. If you have a life coach, if you have a mentor somewhere else and someone else that can help support you as you face this dilemma. As you face this dilemma, you're gonna be figuring out what you wanna do. Balance what you think with what you feel. What's actually going on in the relationship? So you've shared some of that with us in your story. So one of the things you want to go ahead and do again is make sure you pull from your support base, which is the positive relationships that you have with other people. Hopefully this is not the only person that you're interacting with and emotionally looking to support you. Narcissists and cluster personalities, they don't do that. They will not support you in your efforts to thrive forward past narcissistic abuse. If you're feeling stuck between a rock and a hard place, first of all, this is very common when we're dealing with cluster personality types. You're not trapped. You have options. 
pull from your support base. Your support base consists of all of the positive relationships that you have. Your mentor, your life coach, your therapist, anybody that you may even meet on a weekly basis for anything, any fun activity. That's a positive relationship. It may not be a closely knit relationship, but it's a positive one because you meet somebody every week or every day for something that you both love and that you both have in common. Okay, so pull from your community resources that's going to help you be able to thrive forward past narcissistic abuse, be able to help you to focus on what you need to do to thrive forward. All right, I also want to suggest checking out the videos I've done on releasing toxic energy and energy transferences. 